I do know what you're going through, and there will be a great degree of next Sunday. What? Oh, my God. 
I'm very happily. Oh. <laughs> Jake, ring the bell. just going to start service because pastor has just notified Lori he's running late. How late? We don't know. So we all, oh is he coming in? Oh good, all right. Welcome to everyone. He's not as late as he thought he was Okay, does anyone have any announcements? All right. Okay, Pastor, do you have any announcements? We'll turn it over to you. Thank you for waiting. Uh, it's, uh, it's good to be in the house of the Lord with you all. Um, this, is, uh, this is a day where uh, a lot of Methodist churches are probably still finishing up and giving their um, annual conference reports and uh, that would uh, include us, and so I hope you're waiting for that. And it's it's good for us to be able to uh, know what's happening in our conference because our Methodist church is structured that way. We're structured to be able to uh, uh, speak our will and uh, and to and to not just have everything be a secret and to to know what's going on. And so I look forward to the report. Um, that's uh, that's about all I have. So, all right. Well, let's uh, continue in our service. We'll turn to our call to worship. Are you ready to sing? All right. Let's sing. Otherwise, they will 
Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but he who trusts in the Lord, loving kindness shall surround him. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, your righteous ones, and shout for joy. All you are upright in heart. Amen. Let's continue singing.
Hallelujah. in person, you get to speak with people and meet people that you've never met before and you get blessed. Online, I'm sorry, it's not a blessing. <laughs> not to me, because they just get up, they talk, and they, they do sing and do other things, but it's not the same as going and meeting everybody. So I'll be glad when we're back at the conference where it belongs. So, um, there were eight, 1,813 MA members that were on at the conference this year. It's sort of hard to say that. Um, Bishop Palmer presided over the conference with the theme Perseverance, rooted in the scripture of Hebrews 12, 1 through 2, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely and let's run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Um, there wasn't a lot, mainly it was legislation. Um, the first recommendation under the legislation was that the 2022 budget with the only correction really was making the book of reports changing the 20 to 21 for the year. Um, it was adopted as presented, and they did say that the conference is well positioned financially to continue training the leaders and equipping local churches to transform people and communities. The financial resources continue to be in place to fulfill the, the promise to, promises to the retirees. The Board of Pensions requested no apportionment support for 2022. The amount apportioned in 2022 reflects a 3.3% reduction over the 2021 apportionments. And since 2018, it has been lowered by 21%. In my mind, I'm like, is that really good? <laughs> um, but the 2022 budget will replace place eight separate district apportioned funds with a single aggregate district fund. So that was passed. Um, the second recommendation was a commission of equitable compensation, and it was passed also. It was a recommendation that um, minimum salaries increase 2% for each credential. And um, that's how it was presented, and that's how it was passed. Recommendation three was on the Board of Pensions. Um, eligibility for retiree and healthcare plans didn't change. The recommendation reported the board's plan to implement a health reimbursement account approach for retiree healthcare, replacing the employer-sponsored group plan. This is in partnership with the VIA benefits and Westpath and pre-1982 pension plans 
uh, plan years of service will increase to 623 per month, which is an increase from 611 over last year's. So this passed. Um, the fourth recommendation was the Christmas Covenant, and it's referred to in the West Ohio Conference General and Jurisdictional Conference Delegations. And the West Ohio Conference referred this recommendation back to the delegation for further study and review alongside the protocol. Um, I'll be quite honest, I didn't really understand all that. <laughs> so I'm not going to go any further with it. Um, recommendation five was loved as the image of God. Uh, West Ohio Conference um, desires to be aligned with the United Methodist Church witness that is inclusive of all people and is theologically diverse. That has passed. Um, recommendation six, uh, it is the call for our conference to recognize and validate date persons, calls to ordination without prejudice towards sexual orientation or gender identity. That recommendation has been tabled. So, um, I think we all know what that is, and we all have our own opinions on it, so I was glad to see that it was tabled until later date, um, because I'm afraid. <laughs> that one, I'm afraid, will split our church. Um, that's my opinion. Other business, they commissioned two provisional deacons and seven provisional elders. They ordained one deacon and nine elders honored retirees including 30 elders, two deacons, one associate member, and seven local pastors. They commissioned three deaconesses, authorized the annual conference planning committee to determine the location of the 2023 annual conference session based on current and emerging, emerging realities. Bishop Palmer advised the body of his short-term assignment to the Illinois Great Rivers Conference as to provide Episcopal oversight to the IGRC July 1 through 31st of December. And that is because Bishop Beard and application is on medical leave. He encouraged the conference to write in circle of prayer for Bishop Frank and, and Mrs. Melissa Beard and the other people in that area. And the, the the 2022 West Ohio Conference will be held June 2nd through the 5th at Lakeside again. So, and that's pretty much everything that was covered that's to be of any importance to all of us. So, there you go. Thank you. The uh, budget area, I know, is really one that's been of uh, great interest in the conferences working with uh, great responsibility to try to lower costs because of the challenges of the year. We uh, really ought to uh, uh, be grateful uh, how much the conferences recognize this and uh, uh, try to trim as much as they can because that's. Uh, that pertains to a lot. Of, I mean, just think about all the Methodist churches around us who've been taking uh, such a long time to finally open and how much that's uh, hurt their budgets. Um, I'm grateful that you guys have uh, uh, opened much earlier 
than, uh, than all the rest, and it's uh, given us a time, time to get our feet under ourselves a little bit better. Um, speaking of the finance, and just, just history, um, the, I remember when I got into the conference, it, uh, we were just beginning to struggle with the question about clergy who retired without benefits or insufficient benefits. And I thought about the, uh, uh, in Alaska, the, uh, the stories of uh, when uh, a senior member of the uh, Eskimo tribes and the other tribes, when, whenever they got a little too old to be useful, uh, they would put them on a raft and set them to sea. And they just sort of resigned themselves because they lived in touch with nature and they felt like, well, this is the only honorable thing to do, not be a burden to society and go on. And I thought, well, that doesn't seem very honorable. <laughs> and it seemed like we were doing that to an awful lot of uh, clergy, um, sending them out to, to sea for what we may have called a, a dignified way to go out, and really not very dignified, not very supported. So I, I'm, I'm uh, glad we do a much better job of caring for our uh, senior members and, and, and not just clergy. A lot of ways we really want to uh, exalt the uh, uh, senior members of our own church and uh, uh, what um, we, we don't need to wait for anyone to explain to us the value of our senior members. Uh, so uh, thank you for being a faithful church and doing what you can to be uh, supportive of the conference and, and its work and uh, as well as doing the work that we have here. So if you have questions about the annual conference, anything that you heard, uh, see us afterwards. We'll do our best to uh, uh, answer those questions. And you know how Nancy loves real difficult questions. If you save her the difficult questions and give me the easy ones, you know, give me the true false. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm not clergy. All right. So, um, Don and Jackson, again, that, that group part of it, um, I've felt like the year before just being in my private listening, you know, watching conference on my little laptop was just not the way to go and I, I vowed to be do something different. So in Jackson, we were able to get the clergy together as well as lay people. We opened it up for any of the lay and uh, Methodist clergy around the Jackson area uh, to meet together. We did in Christ United Methodist Church, much better to have some people around us. And so I, I, my heart goes out to all the folks who've been by themselves doing conference. So next year will be a lot better. Uh, well, oh, thank you for being here. Thank you for being here uh, today. Uh, let's take a few moments for our time of intercession. And um, starting with Joyce, who's got a joy they want to start us off on? Yes. All right, all right. Some things it's good to be negative about, right? All right, good, good to hear. Those of you online, the Phoebe's test was negative. All right, I, not everybody heard that. Anybody else? Brother Jones.
Concerns. Oh, I know I've got a couple of just covered up here. So, prayer request for uh, Butch Oates. That would be uh, Janet Lake's nephew. Okay. And he's got blood clots on the lung. Anybody else? Yes. 
the quest over here is where it looked like there was someone who's getting ready to okay. Um, at the Wesley Church, we had a couple of folks uh, uh, on deployment, and uh, so you know what that means. It's worthwhile to mention that. We had another uh, lady who's uh, she and her family, the rest of the family, been uh, involved in missions, uh, and and so she is home briefly, and uh, she was supposed to speak a little bit this morning, but she was just way too exhausted from her labors, and uh, and uh, just sometimes we hear a missionary speaker stand up and they're so polished, so full of energy, but uh, that's not the whole picture. And so if you would, uh, if you would uh, pray for a, a missionary to get her boost of energy back, um, and uh, move on to our next part of the part of the prayers. Again, those who uh, feel the touch of God that uh, is nudging you to labor in a certain particular area, maybe you feel need, you need help. Uh, you need a boost of energy yourself serving the Lord. So if you would, just raise your hand and uh, we don't need to know what it is about. Okay, several hands. All right. And those of you praying for somebody to find Jesus as Savior, we want them to yeah, raise your hand again. All right. Very good. All right, our prayer course. We'll be singing just the first verse, more love to thee.
bless you for that. We pray for the opportunity in our, in our church that, uh, to, to entertain loved ones as they, as they have a chance to visit. We ask you to be with the needs of our church, our congregation, those around us. We pray you be with uh, Sandy's sister, uh, who's uh, not in good shape right now. Needs, uh, she needs a, a touch. We ask you to be with uh, Jim Long. He's endured the weeks of radiation. Now it's time to see how effective that's been. We pray it had a good effect. We ask you to be with the Sheets family for their loss. This time we pray you be with uh, Sharon, who's at the chains, will be at the chains. Dear Father, be with a, an urgent, unspoken request. Uh, we, uh, we pray, Father, that it's a matter that won't linger, something will be tended to. Tommy as uh, she prepares to see the fullness of the diagnosis. Prepares on uh, this Tuesday and this Thursday. Steps of her healing. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we ask you to be with those who are your missions. What a place and time of lonely labor far from home and that which is familiar. We pray for those who get exhausted in their labors. Dear Father, hear their calls and hear our calls from their behalf. To lift them up and give them strength. We pray you be with Butch Oates. Dear Father, we ask you to reach into his lungs up the clots. Father, we take uh, just uh, every breath for granted, but he doesn't. Uh, he depends on breathing, thinks more about it than we do. We ask you to be with him, Father. Uh, dear Father, we've been um, broken in our spirits to hear the condo that went down in Florida, those in it, those who haven't been accounted for, a number that would fill this church all by itself. Our Father, we pray for those who labor, labor in the heat, trying to do their best to uh, sift through a dangerous spot, give them safety as they uh, labor, but efficiency as well. Father, to, to be able to disassemble a structure that's collapsed that took months to build in the first place and the sense of urgency about it. And Father, be with those frustrating feelings of those who wish they could just make everything lift up and rise up as if it was weightless and get to the bottom of it with their human labor. Our Father, we ask you to continue to be with our conference and uh, denomination as well as they're sorting through that which plumps uh, to the depths of our souls and beliefs and understandings. We 
pray, Father, for the right thing. We really ask you, Father, for the right thing. Give them wisdom as they plan. We pray you be with everyone who labors for you. We thank you for those who already know their place. They love being able to do their part. But those who have some new experiences, things that they're attempting for the first time, or just trying to budget their time in how they serve you, we ask you to give them peace as they give unto you their labors. We pray, Father, you be with the lost. Oh, Father, sometimes we just wish we could snap our fingers and make them say yes to you. Father, we're not giving up on them. We know you don't. So hear us. Could it be this week, this weekend, that some will say yes? We'd love to tell about it next week, Father. Make it happen. We thank you for the gifts and service that have reached this church. Thank you for the tangible gifts, the offerings. We pray, Father, uh, take and use such gifts for your incredible purposes. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, our scripture lesson is uh, based on Psalm 85. Some of your Bibles may have it titled something like a prayer for God's mercy upon the nation. And it will go on to say, for the choir director, a psalm of the sons of Korah. The sons of Korah were in the midst of a priestly class of people, so they were around the sanctuary kind of things anyhow. And uh, so very appropriate in the respect of seeking the welfare of the church and having a hands-on part in it. Well, all even the lay people have a hand in everything that happens in the church. We co-labor with God in all of these things. Psalm 85 is striking because it makes a particular point about the life of the spiritual community. Uh, and uh, a point I'll elaborate on as we go. Let's listen to the word of the Lord. O oh Lord, you showed favor to your land. You restored the captivity of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people. You covered all their sin. Selah. You withdrew all your fury. You turned away from your burning anger. Restore us, O God of our salvation, <coughs> and cause your indignation toward us to cease. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger to all generations? Will you not yourself revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your loving kindness, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. I will hear what God the Lord will say, for he will speak peace to his people, to his godly ones, but let them not turn back to folly. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. Loving kindness and truth have met together. 
righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Truth springs from earth and righteousness looks down from heaven. Indeed, the Lord will give what is good and our land will yield its produce. Righteousness will go before him and will make his footsteps into a way. This is God's holy word. I am curious uh, how well your summer projects have gone. Some of you take as your summer projects. Uh, some of you are just so full of summer projects, it's like taking a second and third job. But uh, some of you have second have projects that you know, like uh, work at home, uh, home improvement type projects, type labors. Some of you have um, self-improvement. Some of you turn to hobbies, summertime, travel, reading, all kinds of things that you uh, fill your lives with as things that, I mean, summer tends to lend itself to uh, a, a certain refreshing time of um, working on independent projects, new projects, something different. There's something about a freedom of the summertime when uh, kids are home from school and it creates a different pace of life. And so here again, summertime is a time for, for projects like that. Sometimes we, we take a summer project and think about, well, spiritually speaking, what is it that, um, that I can take on? Uh, improve the prayer life, uh, extra Bible reading, uh, maybe put a few uh, verses around the wall, the refrigerator, the bathroom mirror, to work on memorizing, um, all kinds of different projects that, uh, that pertain to our spiritual, spiritual life. Spiritual reading, some uh, Christian books that come out, uh, all kinds of things like that. Spiritual music, extra spiritual music to work on. Um, all these kinds of things. Well, a great one would be just simply a focus on our entire spirituality in terms of getting our spirits revived. Get ourselves fired up, stoked up, spiritually speaking, whatever you want to call it, but revival. Some churches have annual revivals. And so this is uh, the time of the year some of them would have them, the summer, spring, summer, fall revival, uh, those uh, kinds of events. But revival. Well, this Psalm 85 has a focus on revival. Um, but it does so differently than I think we're ordinarily tuned to thinking. The local church home revival uh, and uh, such that some who uh, travel several states away and they hear about their home church having that revival and they've got to travel back for it. They've got to get back home for the church revival. Um, but again, like I said, this, uh, this psalm focuses it on, on revival as a subject differently than what I think we're accustomed 
to hear me. Enough so that I, it caused me to ask the question of uh, God, what, what kind of re revival pleases you the most? What kind of revival do you prefer? Uh, you'll put up with any kind of a revival, right? Uh, the kind where I get blessed. Love get blessed at a revival. Let's go get blessed at a revival. Um, uh, is that kind of okay, God, or is there something else you have in mind? Well, yes, there is. How about the kind of church revival where 10 people get saved, uh, 10 people get blessed, there are 10 rededications, there are 10 sanctifications, there, there are 10 that get filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, is that the kind of revival that God loves best? Well, according to Psalm 85, no, it isn't. It's, it's okay for a church revival, but it's not okay for a revival, according to Psalm 85. Well, really, what, what, what is that he's looking for? We know that every time a soul gets saved, it causes the angels to rejoice. Well, I mean, that's got to please God every time someone comes. I mean, that's what Jesus died on the cross for. What kind of revival is it that Psalm 85 is speaking of? Well, again, the kind of revival that Psalm 85 is interested in is a national revival. All right? And so we think right away, well, if they had a national revival, then, then what, what in the world is the, the purpose of our puny little church revivals that we have. Uh, well, that's it. It's just a puny little thing. Um, and it, it suggests that one of the issues why there tends to pervade a stagnation in the effectiveness of a lot of churches around the world is that we often settle for too little. We often focus for too little. We often plan for too little and not enough. And so if we're going to plan for a revival, why not a big one? Okay, let's do a big one. How about a bigger one? That would be better than a big one, right? Yeah. Well, how about a church revival where we plan uh, and focus on all this kind of great success, but we don't stop with our own borders? Citywide revival. Well, that's getting it. Uh, so our, our, uh, what we learn from Psalm 85 right away is how to expand the margins of what God wants to do. God's interested in something that reaches way beyond. I had a conversation with a member of the public recently. And this person was emphatically describing how important it is that we concentrate our efforts on the local community. Um, and not spend so much money in foreign countries. Let's just save it all here. Wait until we all get ourselves fixed and taken care of. We gotta get ourselves lifted up. We gotta we solve all our home problems before we go overseas. Well, we've we've heard that kind of talk before. There's a lot of things wrong with it. Number one is if we wait until all of our problems are fixed here, we'll never get money to send overseas, right? Uh, Sometimes it's uh, the money we spend 
locally never fixes a person up because what fixes them is not money. Um, the um, other problem is our money still is way more effective overseas than here. The same amount of money that would, could take care of one person here could take care of 10 people in other countries. Why should we keep it all to ourselves? We ought to have uh, a margin that goes beyond just local. A lot of other problems, like again, focusing on a, a, such a, a narrow um, uh, definition of victory and, um, is the story of the Good Samaritan. According to the Good Samaritan, um, according to the local uh, lore, we should just concentrate on our Jerusalem and not worry about Samaria. But what did Jesus do? He told us that we, we, should, uh, we should concentrate on helping our neighbors. Who's our neighbor? The question was. Well, certainly the, that would include the Samaritan. Uh, the Samaritan, by the way, it lived out, lives outside our zip code. <laughs> so Jesus is saying we, we ought to be concentrating beyond just ourselves. Include ourselves, yes, but beyond ourselves. And if this woman had problems with uh, just trying to work within our zip code, she'd really have problems with Great Commission. Go ye therefore into all the world. Um, this, is a, this is a direct conflict with what scriptures teach. But again, let's get back to the revival that the focus, in, again, is, is way beyond ourselves. Uh, scholars generally agree this psalm was written for the people of Israel when they came back into the promised land after the Babylonian captivity was over. They were allowed to return. And it was during this period that it was, uh, they were, it was found that the generation who moved back to Jerusalem uh, they were generally very happy with their new freedom, but they were lost in their purpose. They were excited about their opportunities, but they couldn't seem to be get beyond their emptiness in their achievements. Uh, kind of like Christians who are parked on salvation but can't seem to find drive for consecration. Our mouths are full, but our souls are starving. Or like perpetual babes in Christ who say, feed me, feed me, but can't take the time to feed someone else. It's uh, the, the inward and self-focus was killing all the purposes of the state of Israel as the Jews were coming back and uh, they were getting nowhere in their spiritual commitments. These Jews were sent to give Jerusalem a kickstart. But they needed people like Ezra and Nehemiah to give them a kick in the pants in the first place. And so this psalm was written especially for them. Well, if we're going to believe anything about revival, we're going to, first question would, would be, what makes us think that God wants to revive us? We think about this as a summer project. Why would anyone think that God would, would revive us? To answer that question, we see the first three verses in Psalm 85. And I'm not sure how much farther I'll get past the first three verses this morning. Uh, the first uh, insight 
as to why God would want to revive us is look what God does to the land. Verse 1, it says, O Lord, you showed favor to your land. Doesn't say people. Doesn't even say the animals. But it says the land. You showed favor to your land. Wow. Why would that be? Our land needs favor? Did our, our land ever get out of favor? Did it sin and need repentance? repent of its sins. Uh, everything about this pulls at our understanding of the magnificence of God. If he could care for the land, imagine how much more he cares about you. He cares about the land. I mean, stuff happens to land. It kind of loses its fertility, and it, it loses its its uh, vibrance, it loses its uh, 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 nourishment and, uh, to be able to give plants a good start. It, um, it its vital nutrients can drain out of the soils. Uh, during times of drought, uh, it's uh, it it, uh, it it just you can't even get things started. It needs favor. Where do you go to get favor? You can't go down to the grocery store and say, "I, I need some favor. My land's getting a little out of sorts." And they don't have favor. God has favor. We go to God. The land's having problems. We can't take care of it all. In the West, there's not enough water to, to save one, one, one farm, let alone all of them. God can make water come down from the heaven and restore it all in a flash. And, and uh, we need that. This is a reminder. But it says here that God was, gives the land favor. Um, to, date I, to date, I'm not aware of a single program in our country that is even attempting to alleviate the crisis out west. There's some places that haven't had rain for uh, over a year. And not only is it affecting, you know, there's lack of crops being grown, but the animals that would depend on that are at the point of starvation. There are a lot of farmers who are saying, you know, our dairy cattle, our horses, or all of our other animals that we have, we can't do anything for them. We don't have anything to feed them. We're running out. And I'm not aware of any pipeline that's being created for farmers. Are farmers really disposable? What in the world? How can we leave them so high and dry? And so if we had a torrential rainfall that came to bring relief, it could wash the topsoil away. Rain could come, but it could be too much at once. So what's needed is favor. Hard to come by from a human effort. But oh my, what God promises. What does it say in Psalm 46? There's a river whose streams 
make glad the city of God, the holy dwelling places of the Most High. And so how what God is able to do for the land is extraordinary. Many times throughout history, times when the people of Israel sinned, God would withdraw his favor from the land to bring them to repentance. And then after they repented, his favor was restored. Second, after, after showing favor to the land, it says, God says, you restored the captivity of Jacob. And so the people of Israel, they were, uh, they were in Babylon. And uh, the, after Babylon lost its power, the Chaldeans came in, and then the Medo-Persian Empire uh, conquered and ruled. And it was during the time of Darius who uh, sent, uh, made an edict that allowed all the peoples that had been conquered and defeated from other lands, it allowed them to go back to their homelands. This included the Jews to go back to Israel. And um, along with that, the extraordinary thing was all the templeware that uh, was made, uh, all the precious things that were made of gold and silver and bronze, uh, the basins and the bowls and, and uh, the pedestals and all the extraordinary pieces um, could have been chopped up and melted down and, and uh, enriched uh, all kinds of different people in, the, in Babylon. Uh, but they were kept in a storehouse and preserved and saved for the day that God knew that these things that were once made and given to him for the service of the temple, that God kept them safe and was able to get those back to Israel. And so the people and all their, their vital parts of the, the uh, temple were restored and brought back. It says God restored the captivity of Jacob. And the name Jacob just simply is a, a reference to all the people of Israel. It says, uh, it goes on there, it says that, um, uh, that you withdrew all your fury in verse 3 and you turned away from your burning anger, your fury and your burning anger. Well, we know that's certainly true about God. He does possess a fury and a burning, burning anger. Um, and how important it is to be able to see those things abated. Hebrews 10, 26 and 27 verifies this about God. It says, for if we go on sinning willfully after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin, but a terrifying expectation of judgment and the fury of a fire which consumes the adversaries. Uh, Hebrews 12, 29 confirms this. It just simply states, for our God is a consuming fire. He's a holy God. He doesn't put up with sin. He created an answer for sin. <clears throat> and yet when the people are stubborn and refuse the answer for sin, he has a burning anger. He possesses a burning anger. But there's an answer for his burning anger. He doesn't just stick with his burning anger. That's not the sum total of his personality. God does not just simply consist of 100% burning anger, and that's it. He has mercy. Exodus 32, verse 14, it says, because of the intercession of Moses, it says, so the Lord changed his mind about the harm which he has said that he would do to his people. 
And so down throughout the Old Testament, many times which, which God abates from his uh, planned um, uh, destruction um, or even uh, uh, the, the kinds of disciplines that he wanted to exercise against the uh, most rebellious people. Uh, when they repent, he relents. So he abates, he pulls away from this and all these things. And so um, these first three verses of Psalm 85, they simply describe and they verify to us, and they prove to us that God is a God who is willing and able and desirous to restore his people, to put them back to a, a, an original state of, uh, of glory and, and, uh, and reverence and and he's able to bring back to them what they once possessed, but was lost through the ages. And, uh, and, and, and so the Psalm 85, the writer of this is saying, look, God, you did these things in the past. This is why we can believe that we can come to you with a present request. And verses four through seven, um, there are about four separate petitions. There's seven separate petitions that he makes there uh, regarding the things of revival. Um, we, can, we can say this ourselves, that we know that God has acted in behalf of a broken country that has come to him time and time again, crying out, help us, O God. All the way from the pilgrims who came over the seas, uh, and ask God for a land. Uh, all every step of immigration, those who've been looking for a land where they could worship God freely, and they came over here to a, a, a nation that wasn't even a nation. It was sort of a fixer-up project, and wasn't even entirely settled. And, and so they came. In 1730, began America's first Great Awakening. And it lasted for two decades of spiritual revival in this land. And, and then uh, that lasted for a while. But things seemed to slip. <clears throat> Around 1790, there was a second great awakening in this country where revival swept the land. Uh, not spontaneously, but for the next 50 years from 1790 to 1840, for the next 50 years, there was a slow yet steady progression of revival across this land. Then around the mid-1800s, uh, throughout uh, the rest of the 1800s, sporadically within our Methodist denomination at the time, there were a lot of different uh, revivals that took place from, from the campground movements and so on, different things like that. Wasn't quite so noticed as uh, the, the awakenings, but it kept a fire going. It kept a fire going. Uh, charismatic renewals and so on, uh, Zuzu Street and, and a, lot of, a lot of other things along the way took place. We go back to 1970, the Asbury Revival, what took place there, a group of students had gotten together and covenanted to pray together that God would pour on the community, the Asbury College community, a revival. And they prayed, and they prayed that God would, uh, would come and, and, uh, and, and have his way at the campus, um, Christian College down in Kentucky. 
And um, <clears throat> the night before the revival, one of the students in the group spoke to the other and said, it's coming. He says, I think it's going to break out tomorrow morning in chapel. I think it's here. And God was giving him an awareness. And there was a speaker who spoke that, that morning, and he uh, uh, gave way and, and said, uh, I feel like I need to give an opportunity for, for folks to uh, open their hearts and give testimony of what God is doing in their lives. And uh, one person got up and uh, said a few things, another person got up and said a couple more things, and, and then it just seemed to bust open. There was a line that started to fill that Tuesday morning, and uh, it didn't end for a week. The president of college had made a trip to Canada, and uh, his dean of students called him up when he got there, he left a message with a uh, hotel, when he gets in, please have him call us. And um, and when he called back, he asked us what uh, the dean of students said, what's wrong, what's wrong? He said, well, I've got something here going on. I don't know quite how to handle it. He said, we had a chapel. Well, did something happen in the chapel? What, did something, was there an incident? He said, no, 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 nothing, nothing like that. But, but, but God is here. He said, I don't know how to describe it, but God is here. Well, of course God's here. It's a Christian campus. He's everywhere. Let me explain. And he explained. And uh, they had to make the decision that God was on the moon. And they said, we're just going to have to shut down classes until we get an idea of what's going on. And they shut down classes. And so for a week, that college didn't have classes, but they gave way to the revival. And for 24 hours a day, and for those seven days, there was somebody around the altar all the time. Uh, when someone would get up and leave, uh, there'd be another person generally coming, um, but it just went on. Other colleges started to hear about the Asbury Revival. Well, what's going on over there? Do you have a couple of students you can send to us and tell us what's happening? And wherever the college sent students to other Christian schools, revivals broke out on those campuses as well. The only problem, just not enough schools letting speakers come in and tell what happened. Why do we believe that God could revive our spirits? You ever feel like there are times when you need to be revived? Why do we believe that God might be willing to revive us? Well, because he's done the reviving in the past. He's proved himself willing and interested in our spiritual well-being. And his desire is to see us grow and thrive. Might that be anyone here today? Let's bow in prayer. Our holy and heavenly Father, we come to you, mindful of Psalm 85, 
just a little part of it that we looked at this morning. We thank you that your love for us, your love for us is great. You care so much about us that you care infinitely well for the very stuff that we walk on. You care for our land. We take it for granted. We assume that we throw seeds into the ground, it'll grow. We never stop to think, will it rain? Will it be, will it be warm? Father, we come to you and we consider the past evidences that you have provided over and over again. You've verified your love for us. Not only your love for us, but your ability to reach into our lives and give us what we need. Heavenly Father, you know that we need so much more than to just have ourselves taken care of. But that you, your desire is to build such a humanity in us that we're never content with our own well-being. Our Heavenly Father, we're ashamed of ourselves when we get so full of ourselves that we only care about ourselves. We're so glad for those days when we're awakened in our hearts enough to consider what others need. We're not perfect, but they can't afford to wait for us to get perfect. So in the meantime, we pray. Open our hearts, open our eyes, more fully and completely than they are now, so that we can see this broken world and the ones who are weeping in their hearts, they're on the outside it's all smiles, but on the inside it's all broken down pieces. Help us to see them the way you see them and do not be content with our own well-being. Revive us, Heavenly Father, that we give up passions that lead to selfishness, that we incorporate that which leads us to selflessness. Help us, we pray, and help us to bring glory to Jesus and live the way he wants us to live. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Let's stand and sing and pray. Pray that God does the work in his heart that he wants.
benediction. Uh, we as people who uh, travail over this world, walking with the Lord as we go, uh, wondering what his uh, great and marvelous purposes are uh, for our lives. Uh, one thing that we know is one of his great purposes for our lives is to be connected with his purposes for all people's lives. How we fit in to this grand design. How we labor on behalf of everyone here. And we do so in a way that we can labor on behalf of <coughs> many people everywhere. That's a mystery. How he can pull that off. But one of our duties is to say, God, that's your rule. <laughs> that's your plan. I have no clue how you're going to pull it off. But I'm just going to give in to it. Amen? Amen? That being the case, Lord, here we are. Send us. <laughs> in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
Yeah, I guess it's a, 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 it's a,